So you have no idea what's going on in that scene, so let me fill you in. We've shown you through the last couple of weeks how this guy who was scrawny and little, so struggling with even health issues that he couldn't get into the armed forces. And then he runs in to this guy who has this kind of a freak uh, scientist, I guess you could say, who's come up with a way to create a superhero. And after he goes into this, we showed this to you a couple of weeks ago, he goes into this little tube and goes through the experiment and he comes out unbelievably powerful. And, uh, but nobody believes that he could really do uh, what he thinks and knows that he can do. So they give him a completely different assignment. He's ready to go make a major difference and come and help in the war and come alongside his comrades and do exactly what his nation has called him to do. And instead, they put him on a tour as Captain America. And I don't know if you heard that or not. He goes, here I am going around in tights. And he literally had to put on this little, you know, outfit and have this little funky shield. And he'd go out and he just toured around and tried to get money to help people support the war. And so... Everybody's fallen in love with him. He's their cartoon character. And then what you saw right there was they brought him over to the guys who were actually fighting. The people he wants to stand next to. The people he wants to help. The people that he cares about. And instead of supporting him and loving him because he's standing up there in his tights, they start throwing stuff at him because he's a joke to them. And I don't know if you could hear, because it was sound, it was muffled up a little bit, but the gal looked at him and she said, you know you were meant for so much more than this. And that was his struggle. He knew what he signed up for and what had happened to him. He should be out there making a difference. And instead, his whole path went on a completely different trajectory than he thought. And he's really frustrated. How many of you in your life have had a great plan, something that you want to see happen, and you're so excited about it, in fact, you even feel equipped to do it, and you're ready to go for it, and then it gets completely thwarted? Anybody ever experienced that? Oh, that must be a human condition. I think everybody rose their hand. This is so good. This is going to be a good relevant message then. I like that. Okay, now let me ask you this. How many of you have felt like you've said yes to God? And as you stepped out with God, nothing happened the way that you thought it was going to happen. How many of you have had that experience? Uh, This is going to be a good message. Because every single one of us who's responded to God ever and said yes to God, what I'm going to share with you today is you are going to, and you've already testified to it, you're going to face challenges And things are not going to go how you expected them to go. And then you really feel like an unlikely hero. And like God is not going to do what he said he would do. It's pretty common to be frustrated with the path that we go down. So before we jump in, we just have this little video that might even help you watch this, resonate with it, think about your own walks or drives that you've had with God when he starts not making sense to you, okay? Let's watch this. Drive with God. Um, probably sometime, I think it was this spring, um, when I started asking those same types of questions, when it just felt like 
God, I thought I knew what you've called me to and been walking with you for over 20 years. I feel like I should know you better and that things don't always go the way that you want, but I'm telling you, right now, you make no sense to me. No sense to me at all. And what's crazy, I don't know about you, but for me, when I sneak into those times, I really start to doubt God. And I love, the, in the, if, I don't know if you heard that, it's not even so much that I question my call. I'm, start, I'm questioning God. And you start to doubt who he is, and it's amazing the games that will start playing inside of your own head. And uh, in fact, I, I drove out on 80, you know, out and just went forever, right? Because it's the most boring drive that you possibly can do. Nothing to distract me. It was late at night, and I just wanted to dialogue and try to get back to a place where I could believe God. Um, so here's the deal, you guys. If you're a hero, we, we're talking about this unlikely hero and looking at the life of Moses. But if you're a hero, I just want to tell you today, you are going to face some major challenges. And, um, but before we do that, what is a hero? And I, as I, we've been in the series for two weeks. This is the third week. Let me give you a definition of a hero to God. A hero is anybody who says yes to God. A hero is anybody at any time who says, yes, God. So so for some of you, you're here today and you are like brand new. In fact, some of you came up here last week and you knelt down here and you took off your shoes because as Lad led you through this process of saying yes to God, that maybe you had a burning bush experience and you just said yes to him. And my guess would be some of you probably just had a really crappy week. Because saying yes to God always doesn't result in what we want it to result in. But I know this, every time we say yes to God, every yes unites us with him. So here's God, and he's, Jesus said, I'm always at work, and my Father is always working. So God, right now, is always working, so he's always doing something, and when he comes to you, and he says, he prompts you, and he says, hey, come follow me, when you say yes, and you follow him, what you do is you unite yourself with God, and you get caught up in his purposes in this world. And most of the time, they're not grand, big things, but God uses every one of your little yeses to God to change the world. And you don't even know it, but you're a hero. You're being used by God to help rescue, to help relieve people from sin and destruction and death. And so today, what I want to tell you, here's, here's the outline for today. And I want to tell you, man, grab paper and pen, all right? I have, I'm, I'm really, really juiced today, so bear with me. Um, am I, I, you know why? Because I'm living this message and I got all week long to soak in God's word. And I basically, here's what I want to tell you today. I've been telling anybody I could see before the service. I think God wants to encourage you today. And I think he wants to take, if you came in here and you're discouraged, I think he's going to replace your discouragement with encouragement. How many of you want to replace your discouragement with encouragement? Okay. Then I'm going to pray right now. And let's ask God to do that for you. Here we go. Father, You are the God who gives endurance and encouragement. You never discourage. But Lord, we know our enemy does. And we know this world does. And we know other people do. 
And we know our own thoughts and emotions discourage us. God, would you come today and replace all discouragement with encouragement? Would you show us who you are today? And show us what it means to be a hero and the challenges that we're going to face. Lord, may we walk out of here with a renewed hope and determination to live the life that you've called us to live. And we pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's going to, seriously, grab some paper, grab a pen, make sure you got some notes, because these are some things you're going to need, <laughs> not just right now, not just if you're discouraged now. Did you know that if you're discouraged now, how many of you know you're going to be discouraged again? Anybody else know that? Okay, if I've learned anything with God after 26 years of following him, I'm going to go through this all the time. It just, it never ends, okay? So here it is. God's call brings great challenges. That's the first point we're going to go through. But great challenges produce stronger faith. And great challenges display God's glory. And the application for today is great challenges take great intimacy. That's where we're going today. God's call brings great challenges. So let me just give you a real, real quick recap of what we've talked about in case you don't know the story of Moses. But the first thing we said is that God was involved in making Moses into a hero. And it was all by his grace, which means God did it. Moses didn't do anything. And God worked behind the scenes. <laughs> Moses didn't even know what was going on in his life. And God was working around the circumstances of his life to bring him to a certain point, And he's been doing the same thing for you. But then God, also, his grace also works in the heart, both naturally and spiritually, to create the unique hero that you're supposed to be. That he designed you. He put your DNA into place when you were being formed. Your personality, your physical abilities, your passions, your strengths, your gifts were given to you by God. It was his grace. You didn't sit in the womb and go, hey, have a checklist and say, hey, I'd like to be really cute. And I'd like to to, uh, have a high metabolism. And I would like to be passionate. And I'd like to be funny. You didn't get to do any of that. He gave it to you. And then once you received Christ, all you Christians in here, once you received Christ, he determined what spiritual gift to give to you. And he did all of that to make you a hero. So he's the one who makes you the hero. Okay? And then the second thing is, we looked at last week was, and then God's grace comes and he says, oh, listen, okay, now I got to break you because your life, and it was so good to think, you just, you can make a real mess out of your life. And all of us have in some way or another. And God just says, you know what I do? I love to take messes and turn them into something beautiful. And so God calls us to say, trust me, and he moves in. So here's what I want to talk about the, where we're going today. Is once God works in you, and once he woos you to yourself, and once he takes the mess and you respond and receive the forgiveness and come back together with God, now he calls you. And what we're looking at is Moses now has responded to the call. He said, okay, God, I'm going in. I'm going to do what you asked me to do. I'm going to go meet with the most powerful man in all the world and tell him what he's supposed to do. I'm serious, man. This is a freaky story. All right? So here we go. Today, Moses has said yes to God's call. And what we want to look at is what happens when he steps out. What happens when Moses steps out? So God makes it really clear. Here's what I want you to do, Moses. And all of you who rose your hands, at some point in your life, you said you've heard God call. Even if it was, even if it was just, hey, just receive me. Receive Christ. Receive my forgiveness. Receive my spirit. Come into relationship with me. Yes, God. Even if it's that. But I want to tell you, All of us are going to experience what Moses experienced when we take these steps. So here's what happens. Moses and Aaron go to the Israelites, and they say, okay, guys, here's the deal. 
the Lord has heard your cries and he's really concerned about you and he's going to deliver you. And it's awesome. And all the Israelites hear that the Lord, because they hear the Lord's concerned, they're like, this is awesome. And they believed, it says, and they bowed down and they worshiped. And then from that point on, everything goes downhill. Everything goes downhill. Moses and Aaron go, hey, that worked good. God told us to do that and everybody believed us. Woohoo, let's go. Now they show up to Pharaoh, okay? And here's where everything falls apart. And God's call produces great challenges. And here's what I want to show you. Here's where the challenges are going to come. They're going to come from the opposition. They're going to come from those you're actually trying to help. And they're going to come from within. Listen for these three things through this story. And I want you to think about when you stepped out with God, what happened? Was there opposition from the thing that you were hoping to make an impact in? Of course there is. But did you find opposition from people who you thought were going to be on your side? Did you find opposition from family? <laughs> did you find opposition from people who you thought were going to be close friends? And then ultimately, did you find any opposition from inside? <laughs> Rising up within you and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, because here's what happens. So they go into Pharaoh and they say, um, let God's people go, right? You guys know this, right? God says, let my people go. And Moses uh, and, and Pharaoh looks at him and he says, who is the Lord that I should obey him? I don't know the Lord and I will not let Israel go. And so, so again, God says, hey guys, this is what I want you to say. They say it and the opposition says, you're a joke. In fact, you know what the real issue is? You know, you know what uh, Pharaoh says is, you Israelites, the reason you want to go is because you're lazy, it's really interesting. That's what the scripture, he says, you're lazy and you don't want to work and I need your work. So I'm not letting you go. In fact, just to make sure you get your mind off this whole idea of going away, I'm going to make you work even harder. And what they were doing is they were building bricks and they would produce, they would bring in straw for them so they could mix it in to make the bricks nice and solid. And now they look at the foreman, the Israelite foreman, and they say, we're not going to give you any straw now. You got to go find your own straw and you still need to make your quota. And they look at, they come to Pharaoh and they go, what are you doing this for? Why are you doing this to us? Because you're lazy. Because I heard you guys want to go. And I'm not letting you go. So I'm going to make you even work harder. And then the foremen were getting beat by the, by the Egyptian um, uh, service guys who were overseeing them. And so then what happens, right, is here's these Israelite guys going, whoa, 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 wait a second. Moses, you said you were going to get us out of here. You are going to go talk to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's going to let us get out of here. Well, you've talked to Pharaoh. And all hell's breaking loose. <laughs> so what happens is, in Exodus 5, 21, look at this. They come to Moses and they say, may the Lord look upon you and judge you. Now remember, these are the guys who did what? Just, just right before. They believed and they got on their knees and they bowed and they worshiped. Awesome, God's gonna deliver us. And when God comes to deliver them, what happens? They start getting beaten. And their labor gets intensified. How many of you would question God? You all would question God. We all do. So they come to, to Moses and Aaron, may the Lord look upon you and judge you. Now, so here's what's crazy. Not only are they angry at Moses and Aaron, they're actually saying, the one that you said, the one who you're saying told you to come and do this, You've missed it, and may he judge you. 
may he condemn you. I'm telling you, man, the challenge and the opposition that they're starting to face from the very people that they're there to help. They say, you've made us a stench to Pharaoh and, you, and his officials, and you put a sword in their hand to kill us. Moses returned to the Lord, and he said, hey, Lord, you have brought trouble upon this people. Why have you done this? Is this why you sent me? Ever since I went to Pharaoh, in other words, ever since I did exactly what you told me to do, to speak in your name, he's brought trouble upon the people, and you have not rescued your people at all. <laughs> okay, you guys, oh, I love this story. Because you all rose your hands. You live here. God, you told me to do this, and it ain't happening. Got the problem here, God? I'm being faithful to you. You're not being faithful to me. Look at the results. So then God encourages Moses in Exodus 6, 9 through 12. And what he does, he encourages Moses, and he says, come on now, now here's what I want you to tell the Israelites and encourage them. So Moses goes and encourages them. We're going to look at that later. And then in verses 9 through 12, Moses reported this to the Israelites, but they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and their cruel bondage. Are you surprised? Moses, you came and you told us one time, and look what happened to us. Now you're telling us again the same thing that God is going to come and he's going to deliver us and save us? I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And, and, and so it goes on and it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, And go tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the Israelites go out of his country. But Moses said to the Lord, If the Israelites won't listen to me, why would Pharaoh listen to me? Since I speak with faltering lips. And so again, you guys, you got to live in the story. Moses goes, I tried this, God, and all hell broke loose. Now you want me to try it again? Now, I tried it again with the people I'm supposed to help. They won't listen to me. And now you're telling me to go to the opposition? This is nuts. How many of you right then go, uh, God, you broke your end of the deal. I'm breaking mine. Go ahead and raise your hand. Come on, you bunch of liars. <laughs> because this is where we go. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. If you're not coming through for me, I'm, not, I'm done. You show, me some, you show me some action. And then I'll maybe think about it. Because this is not working out. Well then, after all these plagues, right? You guys know, you guys know the Moses story, right? Just God sends all these plagues, and, Mo, and Pharaoh goes, yeah, okay, I'll let your people go. And then the plague stops. He goes, no, I'm not going to let your people go. It just goes on and on and on. After all of that, Passover happens, and the firstborn are dead. And then Pharaoh says, okay, you can let your people go. Oh, I mean, after all that, I've got to bust through this because there's so much to teach here today. But think about this. When I thought about that, I can see Moses and all the Israelites going, finally, God came through. Wow. God finally came through. Let's go. We're free. It's awesome. And then what happens? Pharaoh goes, you know what? I think that was a bad idea. I want those people back. I need my work to get done. So he grabs a whole arm and he starts chasing them, right? And here's the classic scene where all the Israelites, they're standing there and they look back and they see Pharaoh and all the Egyptians coming on them and they're stuck at the Red Sea and they're doomed. And so in Exodus 14, 10 through 12, as Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up and there were the Egyptians marching after them and they were terrified and they cried out to the Lord. And then they said to Moses, <laughs> the guy who stepped out, and did what God told him to do. Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? 
Are you kidding me? What have you done to us? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the desert. Oh my gosh. Anybody ever led anybody who's done that to you? Anybody parenting? Yeah. It's just constant question, constant. You're trying to do exactly what God wants you to do. You are doing exactly what God wants you to do. And guess what, you guys? There are challenges. God's call produces great challenges. But I want to tell you, here's the biggest challenge. When the, when the, when the thing that God's asked you to go do and to move in against is really strong and they just won't back down and they won't budge and they oppose you, and it's not working. I think the biggest challenge is to believe. Isn't it? And when the very people who are closest to you that you're trying to help are saying, it's your fault that my life is falling apart, the biggest challenge is to believe. The biggest challenge is to believe that God is who he said he is and that he's going to do what he said he would do. Man, I want to tell you, man, when things aren't working and things aren't going as planned, and I'm going to talk about me here just for a minute. And I shared this a few weeks ago in, the, in my hot dog bun message. If you, if you haven't listened to that, I really knew you, because I'm going to unpack that whole message. The month of October is going to be unpacking a message I gave uh, just a few weeks ago called Chasing After Hot Dog Buns. So you need to go listen to that message on our, go on our website, go to iTunes, download it. But what I'm realizing with me is that I think that if I say yes to God, that he's going to make everything work out really right and smooth. And when that doesn't happen, then I am finding that I'm questioning, and this is what's so interesting, this is me, some of you, I've, I've, I've met with you guys. A legitimate question that happens to the human soul is, is God good? What? See, I don't know why, maybe it's because I've been walking him for so long, my question is not whether he's good or not. I think I've solidified that God is good. My question, though, is I just don't think he loves me anymore. You don't need to raise your hand, but I don't know if you ever struggle with that. I think I've lost his favor. Because if I was really walking with God, the one who can do anything, and I'm being faithful to him, then he would be faithful to me and everything would work out. So when it wasn't working out the way I wanted to, then... I, he must not be, he must be mad at me. He must be withdrawing his favor from me. And I want to tell you, man, that right there is the danger of what I gave in that message. This is the danger of the hot dog buns. And if you weren't there, hot dog buns represent happiness. And if you're chasing after happiness and then worshiping God so he'll make your life happy or make your life work instead of just worshiping God, it's so dangerous. Because I can tell you, when God calls you, you're going to face challenges. And those challenges will come, and if you want everything to be smooth, you're in trouble. And you will start doubting God, you'll start doubting his goodness, and you'll start doubting whether he loves you or not. And so we've just got to come to this reality that challenges are going to come if you're going to step out with God. Now, in this particular story, the challenges come from people, mainly. I mean, the opposition, but then your own people. 
And I just, I do, man. I want to get along with everybody. Anybody else like that? I just, you want to just, can't we just all get along, right? Let's just all just, just be at peace and just hang out and just love each other. And uh, there's a great passage in Galatians 1.10. In fact, I'll be totally honest with you. When um, I was part of the team that helped plant Kensington Community Church back in Detroit, back in 1990, and watching a church get planted, <laughs> I made a declaration. And I said, I will never do that. <laughs> now, you, all of you guys know, right? If you say, I will never to God, you might as well just sign up the next day. Because <laughs> he loves to say what you'll never do and then make you do it. But the reason I said, I will never do that, is because I watched Steve Andrews, our lead pastor, just take the hits. <laughs> now, I was on staff, and I'm like, dude, I'm right behind you. You know, I'm, I'm here, I'll support you, man. But he was the one taking all the tomatoes and the shields. And I'm just like, there ain't no way. I just finally realized something. If you're going to lead, you're going to have conflict. And if you don't want conflict, then don't lead. And if you don't want to go with God, man, I tell you, and there's a great verse in Galatians 1.10. It says this. It's not on the screen, but just listen to this. Paul says, if I now am trying to win the approval of men or of God, or am I trying to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. Okay, for all you people pleasers out there like me, listen to this one. If I'm trying to win the approval of men, who, whose approval do I want? Man's approval or God's approval? Because if I'm trying to please men, I can't be a servant of God. You know why? Because if you walk with God, people are going to think you're nuts. People are going to say, you're, that is screwy. And some of you have just, all you've done is said yes to Christ and you've received him and your friends have gone, What? And your family has said, maybe things that are really drastic. And all you did was say yes. You just took one step. You're like, wow. See, now, if you need everybody to go like you and make everything get along, it, you, you're not going to be able to walk with Christ. Because Christ is always going to lead you into things that are spiritual. They're not natural. And people who are just living in the natural world are going to go, that makes no sense. It just doesn't. And so, man... You can't want the approval of men more than you want the approval of God. Because otherwise, you, you'll say no to God. And then you won't see his stuff happen. All right? So God's call produces great challenges. Second point, but those great challenges, they produce stronger faith. This is when it starts going to good. Great challenges produce stronger faith. See, after Pharaoh increases their labor and the Israelites start judging Moses. Moses is like, okay, wait, this didn't go so well. Um, God, let's have a chat. So God goes to, or Moses goes to God, and here's what God says to him in Exodus 6, 2 through 8. It's kind of long. If you have your Bibles, uh, open up. I'm going to be in Exodus 5, 6, and 14. If you have your Bibles, 5, 6, and 14, you can just be roaming around there. Otherwise, we'll be up here. God said to Moses, I'm the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty. But, my name, but by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they lived as aliens. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. Now listen to this. Therefore, because of who I am, therefore say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out from the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will free you 
from being slaves to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. And then, and here it is, and then you will know that I'm the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I'll give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You guys, great challenges produce great faith. See, what what God is saying in this thing is, listen, you guys are going through this thing and I know you don't get it and it's really frustrating to you and you think I'm I'm not even caring about you, but once you go through this challenge, you're going to then know that I am the Lord, your God. And you know what's so fun? So Moses told all the Israelites that and, and what did they do? They didn't listen. Yeah, yeah, Moses, you told us that one before. And we saw what happened. I ain't going down that road again. They were so discouraged. In fact, that's what the scripture, the scripture actually says. They didn't listen to him because of their discouragement and their bondage. Man, I just know some of you today, you're sitting here and you're so discouraged because God is not showing up. And I hear it. Hear you, Moses. It ain't happening. I hear you, Dave. Come to K2. Ain't happening. I hear God saying it. I'm not buying it. See, now here's what's interesting, though, is he didn't tell Moses that they would know him by telling him, right? He didn't say, hey, I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to do this, and then you're going to know that I'm the God. Did you, you guys notice that? That's a key thing. God never said, They'll, as soon as you tell them this, they'll believe I'm the Lord. No, he said, after you see me work, then they'll know. There are going to be some huge challenges, but after I show myself through them, you're going to know. And so then, after the deliverance through the Red Sea, right? So, so God did all these plagues. They saw that. They're like, okay, maybe Moses is right. Woo, we're free. And then the Egyptians come up, and again, they're like, oh, he fooled us again. Who is this God? Or at least, who are you, Moses? This is craziness. And then what happens? Oh, my gosh, seriously. Can you imagine standing there and watching the Red Sea split? The answer is no, you can't. I can see your blank faces going, yeah, no, not really. Try. Try. Could the Israelites have been in a more dire situation? Red Sea on this side, enemy ready to take us down on the other side, and no place to go. You want a challenge? Does it get any worse than this? And they cry out to God, and they slam Moses. And God goes, oh, this is good. This is good. This is what I was looking for. Because now they know there's no way out. I'm going to show up. And then they look back, and the Egyptians come in. Come back over. 
And all of the festivities and the psalms cried out for generations and generations and generations. God saved us. See, and, and the whole time they're up there questioning God and questioning Moses because this is hard and it ain't going the way that you said it's going to go. And God's up there going, I know, but I'm just in the middle of it. Just hang on. It's going to get really, really good. It's going to get really good. And then in Exodus 14, 31, after they're saved, look at this verse. When the Israelites saw the great power the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. You guys, great challenges produce great faith. See, the key is you don't see great power without great challenges. Do you guys, you guys catching this? So what if God were to come in and say, hey Moses, tell Moses, tell Pharaoh to let the people go. And Moses goes in, hey Pharaoh, why don't you go ahead and let my people go? Oh, okay, good. Why don't you guys just, hey, can we pack you some bags and some you know, picnic baskets on the way? That'd be great. Okay, good. And then they just go out and they have no idea what God can do. See, God's not really interested in making your life nice and smooth and happy. But if you follow Christ, there's one thing I know. He's not really caring about my happiness a whole lot. What he cares about is me knowing and believing that God will do what he says he'll do. And he has no problem bringing challenges because great power is only seen with great challenges. I mean, anybody go to the Utes game Saturday? No. All right, two football fans. I know, I don't know how in the world, again, I, I, I did a church without any football fans, but that's okay. So, but here's the deal. The Utes beat Montana State. Seriously, like who cares? I mean, come on, you know, you, you speed Highland High, you know, I mean, I mean, if you have somebody comes in and they're not even any good, sorry if John Russell's in here, but, uh, cause he played for them. But, uh, but if, 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 if somebody who's not a good opponent comes up and you beat them, it's like, oh, okay, cool. Now next week, the Utes are going to play USC. Okay. Now if they beat USC, yes, <laughs> because you want to see some challenge to see some power to see if you got what it takes. And great challenges produce great faith. You should try watching a movie with my wife, you guys. This is so funny. I didn't tell her I was going to do this, but this last week, we're watching a movie. We're watching a movie, and every time a challenge, when it gets, you know, a good movie, man, they get intense, right? And every time the movie would get intense, Susie would be like, God, I can't watch this. I can't believe this is going to happen. I got to go. And she wants to leave the room. And I'm sitting there going, dude, this is what makes a movie good. Right? I mean, seriously, if you're watching a movie and there's no insurmountable odds and it's just easy, like if you guys, you've all watched a movie, right? And you go, I know what's going to happen here. Is that fun? No, that's no fun. An easy movie is boring. It's boring. Man, you and it's amazing the emotion that rises up within you when it doesn't look like they're going to make it. And movies actually make you feel that. That's why we watch movies because we want to feel that. Did you guys know God? That's why at K2 we call it the adventure with God. God doesn't want you to feel it just on your living room couch. He wants you to feel it in your life. In your life. In your marriage. And with your kids. And in your workplace. And in your school. He wants you stepping up and facing the challenges. And believing that if I walk into this, I'm going to see God do something that I could never do on my own. I like movies too. But I'm telling you, I'd much rather experience it in my life. 
God wants you to know him so you can really live. Man, last week when Crusoe, lad, shared with you that Crusoe, we live right up here in Sugar House, so we just busted down the hospital, and lad was taking care of his other boys, and oh my gosh, I mean, I'm in there, and that, it looked, that gash in his head was just, I've never seen anybody's skull before. It was just weird. And then, the, you know, the, the uh, neurologist comes in, and he's just pulling it apart, you know, and I'm like, jeez. And then when they had to put the uh, injection into his head, you know, Crystal and I had to hold him down, and Crusoe's just, ah! Ah, just, God. Now, I had to do that with my daughter over and over again with Mariah. That's so hard to do. Man, but if they don't put those shots in his head, right? It's really important to put the shots in the head. God so wants to heal you from your disbelief in him. And right now life gets hard and you just bag him. And I'm tempted to do the same thing. And then what happens? Nothing. And that's not true. The world's, and if I could swear I would, sorry, the world's crap happens. Because we can't believe that God is who he said he is and he'll do what he said he'll do. And I'm just just so angry at my own self. Great challenges come and we just go, he's not, we just bag him. And God's up there saying, I just got to put the shots in your head because I got to heal you up. I want you to know that you can walk with me and know me. So the greatest challenge of a hero is, will I trust God? Forgive me when I don't. I, I feel like I, I feel like I want to say to you, will you forgive me when I don't? Where will we go as a church? Unless when everything looks like it's not going to be the way we want it and it ain't working. That we just say, I'm in. I am all in. God, I want to see a Red Sea part. Wouldn't that be awesome? I know for me, you know, even just right now, I kind of feel like we're in this. You know, we called everybody back together, right? We planted a South Campus and then we brought the campus back together. You know, I was talking with guys who do coaching for church planning. They're like, "Uh, that's not how you do it, Dave. Um, I know. I know. But I know this. When we sat down as a leadership team, he said, come back together. Because I'm going to do something greater when you're united that you could do apart. And you know what's crazy? I don't know. We don't know. We're, we're, We're taking steps and we're moving. And we're pursuing a new place for us because we believe that God wants to use K2 to do more than, he's, than we could even imagine. 
And so there's challenges out there. And so when the challenges come, man, you got to say, but God said, let's go and let's keep moving. And when you've said yes to God, whatever you said yes to, if, you've, if it got too hard and it didn't look like he was faithful and you bagged it, I'm just telling you right now, God wants you to know. You know, it's interesting. So how did Moses handle this? Because you know, initially he's shaking in his boots. God's not doing what he said he would do. And, but then ever, after every plague, God showed up. And he's like, wow, when God says he's going to do plague, he actually does it. Huh, Interesting. And God, Moses kept going into it, and he kept going into it, and he kept going into it. And you know what happened? Eventually, Moses had strong faith because he kept moving into the challenge. So what happens, right? The Egyptians are on the other side. The Red Sea's on this side. The Israelites are freaking out. You let us out here to die. We hate you. You know what Moses' response is in Exodus 14, 13? Moses answered the people, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance of the Lord. He will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you won't ever see again, and the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. (laughs) Come on, guys, laugh at that. Um, Excuse me. These guys are killing us. And there's no place to go, and you're saying, be still. And you got to know this. Remember this. God never whispered to Moses, hey, Moses, by the way, when they get there, I'm going to part the Red Sea for you, okay? No, he never told him. Moses had no idea what was going to happen, but all of a sudden, he had faith, not in the circumstances around him. He had faith in God because he saw God be faithful. And he could look at his people and said, be still, stand strong. You're going to see something. I have no idea what it is, but you're going to see something awesome. And there's part of me that wants to say to you, K2, I'm telling you, if we will stay strong and give God everything we've got and love each other with all of our heart and say yes to God in your own unique, wonderful journeys that you're on, we're going to see him do something awesome. I don't know what it is, but it's going to be unbelievable. Because great challenges produce stronger faith. And here's what really gets good. Number three is great challenges display God's glory. When you go back to that initial rejection, <laughs> and Moses is like, oh man, that did not go well at all. You know what he does? In Exodus 6.1, it says, the Lord said to Moses, so Moses returns to the Lord, has a conversation with him. God, this ain't going like you said. And then the Lord says to Moses, now you will see what I will do. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. And because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of his country. You guys, I feel like what God wants to say to you right now is wherever your challenge has risen up, and you feel like God's not showing up and you just want to quit and you want to give up and you don't know if he loves you at all, go back to God and listen to him. And when Moses did, God says to him, now you're going to see what I will do. Later on, when they're sitting there, and this is awesome, when, when the Israelites cry out, right, to Moses at the, at the Red Sea, And Moses says, stand firm, be strong. You know what God says in Exodus 14, verses 15 through 18? It says, then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? 
I, by the way, that is the funniest verse. Where is it? Uh, that is the funniest verse in the world to me. Why am I crying out to you? <laughs> Hello, God. You checking? You've, have you been watching what's happening here? My life's falling apart and I'm about ready to go down. That might be when I should cry out to you. I, I don't know. So why are you crying out to me? And then he goes on, tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will, and here we go. And I will gain glory (laughs) through Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and all of his horsemen. And here it is. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh his chariots, and his horsemen. Oh, you guys, great challenges. They display God's glory. Do you guys see why God was doing this whole thing? What did he want? What did God want? He wanted his children to know I'm the Lord. Right now, you don't know it. Right now, you have no idea what I can do, and your faith in me is so wishy-washy and so shallow. I want you to know that I am the Lord and that I'm your God And the only way I can do that is I got to provide this huge challenge that's insurmountable where it feels like you're going to die and everything's falling apart so you have no trust in yourself so that when I come through, oh my gosh, God's real. And there's no way you could have known that without that. And he he goes on. And you know what else I want? I want the Egyptians to know that I'm the Lord. Oh, did you hear Pharaoh? He didn't even know who I am. He doesn't care about me at all. And I love them. And I love them. And I want the Egyptians to know that I'm the Lord. And so I'm going to do something where I gain glory. And great challenges, you guys, produce God's glory. So here's God saying to every one of you, I've called you. And you all rose your hands and said, yeah, I know what it's like to step out with God and have everything fall apart. I'm calling you, and my calling is going to produce major challenges. Trust me. Trust me. Then you will see me at my work and I will gain glory. And then you will know and those you're helping will know and those who could care less about me will know that I am the Lord. And here's what can happen, you guys. When one life that says yes to God, this morning, if you'll simply say yes to God, again, I know what will happen. You will move one step closer to God. And he'll use your life to help others move one step closer to God. But you got to say yes. So what do we do? If you're there right now, and you've, you're here today because you're so discouraged and you've been at the brink of just bagging this whole God thing because he's just not following through like you said. How do you get back to this place of trust again? I was sharing this with Susie and she brought up the great point. She goes, notice that when everything fell apart, Moses didn't just pull up his brute steps and go, come on, I'm going to keep going. That's not what he did. What did he do? In 522 it says, he went back to God. He returned to God. And here's the fourth last thing. Great challenges take great intimacy. I'm telling you guys, to 
be able to face the challenges of this life. For me, it takes great intimacy, and I'm talking about intimacy with God. You gotta know him. You've got to know him in the midst of this. And here's the thing. I don't have to have great faith. I have to know a great God, okay? You don't have to have great faith. You just, you, but you do have to know a great God. And so what's funny, back in Exodus chapter two, right? When everybody's freaking out and Moses is freaking out and the Israelites are freaking out and, and, and Moses goes back to God. This is when he, he went back to God and God goes, okay, I need to encourage you. I think God wants to encourage you. Look at what, look at what, when he went back to God, what did God say to him? He goes, what did God say about himself, first of all? Four times in that passage, he says, I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. I'm the Lord. I know, but they're the Egyptians. I know, but I'm the Lord. I know, but that's the Red Sea. I know, but, I, but I'm the Lord. Yeah, yeah, but this person doesn't live. I, I'm the Lord. But all this is happening again. Okay, okay. I am the Lord. And I'm over all this. And if we can, can we be honest? See, last, that's, I start doubting that. I start thinking people can thwart my, thwart God's plans. And I keep thinking that circumstances can thwart God's plans. He says, come back to me. You need to know I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham as God Almighty, as the God who can do anything. I established my covenant. I have heard their groanings. I care, and I have remembered my covenant. And then he goes on to say, so now, guess what? Because that's who I am. So when you go back to God, you got to go to God and say, okay, now who are you? Because this just doesn't look right. He goes, I know, but I also told you my ways aren't your ways. But know me. Know my character and trust me. And then he goes on to say, and guess what I'm going to do? And listen to this list. This is what he told the Israelites. I will bring you up out of Egypt. I will free you from the slaves. I will redeem you without stretched arm. I will take you as my own. I will be your God. I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham. And I will give it to you as a possession. I will. Remember what he said to Moses? Now you're going to see what I will do. Not what you can do. That's not the point. I'm going to show you what I will do. By my mighty hand, it's going to happen. And that's why you go to him, you guys. That's why you go to him. For me, a phrase that's helped me so much. I met with a guy this week, I shared it with him. He said, that phrase is what's got me through this last year. And the phrase is, I can't change yesterday. And I can't control tomorrow. But I can be faithful today. I can't change what everybody did yesterday or what happened. I can't try to make tomorrow be what I want it to be. You know what I can do? I can believe God today. And God goes, that's all I asked. I'd like to actually take care of yesterday and be in control tomorrow if that's okay with you guys. Would you just trust me? Will you trust me? The greatest challenge is to believe. So the band's going to come up. And as they do, they're going to lead us in what it means, I think, to go to God. And to come back to God. Hebrews 4, 15, 16. By the way, you guys, you know, we worship Jesus here, right? If you're a Christian, you go, I worship Jesus. Do you guys know in the scriptures it says, Consider him who endured such great opposition from men so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. Consider him. See, here's what's wild. Did Jesus face opposition? 
I mean, hello. So can you say, see Jesus going, man, the Father sent me, but nothing's going the way. I mean, hold on. Nobody's even listened to me. It's one of the greatest things as a teacher I love. It's like Jesus taught nobody listened to him either. It's awesome. It's very encouraging. But you would imagine that Jesus would just have everybody following his feet and doing him and loving him. He's God. And no, he had major opposition, both from the Jewish leaders and the Romans, but also his own family said, you're screwy. We think you're wacky. His own guy that he poured his life into for three years betrayed him, and his closest confidence fled when he needed him most. Holy smokes. And then did Jesus struggle within to believe? What was going on in the Garden of Gethsemane? What was going on? Oh, God, if there's any other way. If there's any other way. If there's any other way. In Hebrews, you guys... 4, 15 and 16, it says, we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are. And yet he's without sin. You know what that means? Jesus was tempted to say no to the Father. He was so tempted to say no to the Father. But he always said yes. He knows what it is to question, to have your closest people oppose you, to have the people you love that you're trying to save completely reject you. He knows what it's like, and he knows what it is to push through and accomplish what the Father wants. And he's here to help us. Verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. I cling to that verse. And most mornings when I get up with God, I say, God, here I am again at your throne of grace. Grace. Don't have to earn coming to you. It's already done. You love being with me. And now I can receive mercy and find grace to help me in my time of need. He can help me. And you know what I need help? I need to know that you're good. I need to know you're not done. I need to know that I'm in the middle of something and you're going to work out your plan. I need to know you're faithful. I need your mercy and your grace. And in this song, you guys, it simply says, search my heart, God. This is what I want you to sing. It's new, so Mike's going to lead us in it. It's new, but man, just ask God to do this right now. God, would you search my heart? Would you search my soul? Because there's nothing else I want more. Guys, don't you want to say yes to God? Don't you want to bust through all the challenge and the opposition and see him do something that you could have never seen so your faith gets strengthened and so that everybody else knows that he's the Lord? Don't you want to know he's the Lord? God, then would you search my heart and search my soul? Show me where I doubt you. Show me where I don't believe in you. Show me where I'm struggling. As that one sweet guy said, oh, Jesus, I believe. Help my unbelief, (laughs) right? Could you say that this morning? God, would you search my soul and help my unbelief? Shine your light and show your face in my life. Lord, have your way with all my heart and all my soul. With all I am, Lord, I'll follow you. I will, but I'm struggling. (laughs) Would you come as I come near to you? And then it says, hear my cry. 
and hear my prayer. Draw me close. I know you're near. So that with all of my heart and with all of my soul and with all that I am, Lord, I will follow you. I will follow you. I believe. Help my unbelief. Let's engage with him right now.